Good morning and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join in on the phone, online, or via a text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to a Wednesday, inching our way through the uh, end here of the month of May. June is just around the corner. And uh, not as warm today as you heard in the forecast. I guess we have some clouds courtesy of the uh, tropical storm, right? Is that what's happening? Tropical depression, whatever it is now. So maybe a little rain out of all of this today. We'll see a high of 81, 76 right now at 906 here on Penny for Your Thoughts. And a lively discussion yesterday, to say the least, over a variety of issues. We'll uh, do it again today. Uh, as we um, <clears throat> continue here with Penny for Your Thoughts, some open line time here in this first hour. Second hour, will the uh, first half hour be open line? And then the last 20 minutes or so of the uh, show today, near the end of the show, uh, probably the last 15 minutes, we'll have someone on from Lifeline Connect. They have a uh, big event going on. With uh, If you hear some motorcycles rumble through town today, there's a reason for that. So we'll have them explain that, what that's all about, uh, towards the end of the show today. But... Um, Lots of things to talk about today from a national perspective. Of course, uh, Roseanne and the cancellation of the new Roseanne, the Roseanne reboot, if you will, that had been uh, getting uh, big ratings. I think uh, won its time slot or has been number one here in the reboot. But then uh, Roseanne Barr uh, putting out a tweet in the middle of the night and uh, winds up uh, getting fired, the show getting canceled. And a lot of fallout from that. So we can certainly talk about that. I can tell you, I've never been a big Roseanne fan at all. The Roseanne Barr, the person, uh, didn't really ever watch the show that much. I know the Connor family was a huge hit, obviously, uh, years ago. The middle class uh, type show, living paycheck to paycheck, all the daily uh, things that go on in a typical household. Uh, The reboot, of course, was uh, very popular. And in that particular show, Roseanne's character was a big Donald Trump fan, and uh, that, of course, sparked a lot of discussion about uh, the show itself, and it uh, grew uh, in numbers pretty consistently over time. But then her uh, tweet uh, in the middle of the night uh, in relation to Valerie Jarrett and uh, the former uh, White House uh, worked for the President Obama administration, of course, advisor to President Obama, So uh, anyway, there's been a lot of fallout from that, a lot of reaction to it. If you have some, feel free to uh, pass that along here today on Penny for Your Thoughts. Here are the phone numbers, 356-9397 is how you can join us. You can text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357, and you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Lots of other news, big explosion today to UPS Freight Hub in Lexington, Kentucky, that Happened here in the last few minutes. That also is a big story. Went to Champaign Centennial's graduation last night over at the State Farm Center. I can tell you a couple of things. One, the pacing was great. We started on time at 8, got done. I think we're out of there before 9.30. So the pacing on it was good. That's the first thing. And two, air conditioning makes a big difference in the State Farm Center. 
for events like that. So that was very nice. So anyway, and I know Champaign Central had their graduation as well. So a busy night winding up all the graduations and uh, moving into summertime. 909 here. We'll take a quick call. And uh, JR is with us. Good morning, JR. How you doing this morning? Good. What's on your mind today? You remember when she, Roseanne tried to sing the national anthem and she grabbed a certain part? Yes. That, that was disgusting. Yep. Well, I, as I said, I've never been a big fan of hers no. at all. I mean, but, um, but the show was, I mean, the, the first show was very popular and the reboot had done well, too. Yeah. Well, she made a mistake about opening up her big mouth, so she's, she cost a lot of people their jobs. Yeah, and uh, she's apologized for that in some way. She's also mentioning something about Ambien. She was uh, oh, yeah. taking Ambien at 2 in the morning, and uh, so there's all kinds of tweets. She was going to get off Twitter, and now she's back on, and uh, a lot of apologies and a lot of reaction to it. But, um, yeah, no, a lot of people that produce the show, it's not just the people on the stage. And One she, more thing. Uh, you used to be a major league announcer, right? I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. What happened to that uh, San Diego ticket? He got in trouble, didn't he? And they got rid of him. Remember him? <laughs> yeah. Oh Sandy. my God! What yeah. did he do? I don't remember what he did, but oh, I, uh, but I know he. Uh, I remember when he was. I mean, when I was in minor league ball too, he would show up at various. Well, he was uh, kind of funny, but he, I think he got out of line somehow. Yeah. I don't remember what it was about, but I do remember no, the the act. No. Oh, yeah. But you have a great day. All right. Hey, thanks, Jr. Bye-bye. Yeah, I saw uh, Max Patkin used to go around. Remember him? Clown Prince of Baseball. I, I, I probably should. I could write a book on minor league baseball broadcasting. I did a couple of years uh, work in the major leagues, too, with, out in California, in Anaheim. But, I, I mean, I've seen cows being milked at home plate in the minor leagues. I've seen more dizzy bat races than I can even count. I mean, you, I, you've, you name it, I've seen it in the minor leagues. But, yeah, the chicken. Uh, in fact, I knew the gentleman. I used to work for the gentleman out in Oklahoma City, the general manager, who what the uh, years before that was the promotions manager for the San Diego Padres, and he's the guy that came up with the uh, basically the idea of the chicken. Yeah. So, anyway, there's all, I, I probably could write a book and all the – things I've seen and met, people I've met. Anyway, uh, we can get to the Roseanne in, uh, story today if you'd like to get into that. There's a couple of different editorials on it, one from the New York Times, one from the New York Post, kind of opposite in a sense of how they feel about the, what's going to happen to the fallout. They both condemn the tweet, which had to do with, with the Muslim Brotherhood and the Planet of the Apes and all of that. It was, I mean, totally inappropriate, totally wrong. Uh, but just the reaction to it, what's going to happen now. We'll get into some of that and uh, take your comments over the phone, over the emails, over the text line. If there's something else you want to bring up, you can certainly do that here in an open line forum. And then uh, later in the week, John Reed joins us at the end of the June 1 in the second hour. If you have our CEO and uh, publisher here of the News Gazette, News Gazette Media, if you have any questions for him at the end of the week, and may sprinkle in a couple of things here and there uh, tomorrow as well. I don't know if you saw the uh, Spalding Park renovation is going to start taking place here. I think they have a groundbreaking tomorrow. We may touch on that a little bit tomorrow as well. But anyway, we'll uh, take your phone calls, emails, and texts. We'll get it started after this on a Wednesday, next to last day of May here in 2018. 
Mac on Penny for your thoughts. Open line, open form. We'll set up the mics, and you can use them here as we work our way through this Wednesday. We are on Penny for your thoughts until 11 o'clock here each day. want to remind you that Swanson Roofing is one of our sponsors. Swanson Roofing, the roofing dog. Of course, uh, you know them well. Corey, graduate from Rantoul High School up in the northern side of the county here in the University of Illinois, Melissa, truly family-owned business, 100% owned and operated by Corey and his wife, Melissa. The uh, roofing dog crew, they uh, are comprised of roofing professionals, certified in roof installation. All of the crew members or company employees receive full benefits, 401K. So they're incentivized to do a great job for you and for Corey and Melissa. And they take responsibility and ownership of every past customer, and that's a cornerstone of their business. He's been around now for several years, been advertising here and with us for many, many years, and uh, just well-known. He's built up a terrific reputation. Swanson Roofing, the roofing dog, providing services in Champaign, Vermilion, Ford, and McLean counties. And keep this in mind, if you have a roof, uh, need some repair, and you say, well, they, they really didn't do it uh, for me the first time, they'll come out and fix the roof for you, even though they were not responsible for putting the roof up. And maybe there's a small repair. Maybe you don't need a whole roof. Maybe it's just a small repair on one part of the roof. So uh, that fear of the unknown can be uh, very scary when you're talking about your roof. It's like major surgery on your house. So make sure you get at least an estimate from Swanson Roofing, the roofing dog, and go from there and get uh, the input you need. 217-355-ROOF, 217-355-7663, or visit theroofingdog.com. A couple of texts in that says here, so Trump endorses, from Dave in Champagne. so Trump endorses Roseanne and slams John McCain. This all happening in recent weeks and months. Of course, uh, Trump was a big fan of the show, of the reboot of Roseanne. And he and John McCain have tangled uh, quite a bit here the last couple of years. He says, anything wrong with this picture, Dave in Champagne. And uh, CJ says, uh, Roseanne, another darling of the left, bites the dust. That's from uh, C.J. Roseanne, her reaction uh, <clears> or <throat> reaction to the uh, cancellation of her show by ABC was the kind of thing uh, New York Times says in their editorial, the kind of thing Roseanne Barr has been doing online for years. This time, however, the backlash, backlash was immediate and vigorous. Ms. Barr apologized for her joke. There wasn't really a joke and said she was leaving Twitter as if Twitter were responsible for for her racist behavior, that apology was not enough. Uh, the ICM partners, her agents, stopped representing her. The comedian Wanda Sykes, who is a consulting producer on the reboot of Roseanne, announced she was quitting the show. And within a matter of hours, ABC canceled the new Roseanne, and the original show's reruns were pulled from TV Land, CMT, and the Paramount Network. And this uh, editorial writer says, for once, a major network did the right thing, but before it did the right thing, it did the wrong thing. It's not new information that Roseanne Barr has made similar comments and is happy to peddle all kinds of dangerous conspiracy theories. The cast, the writers, this uh, editorial says, the cast, the writers, and the producers knew what Ms. Barr stood for when they agreed to work on the show. And uh, this uh, opinion writer says, I watched and enjoyed the first two episodes of the Roseanne reboot, but cannot continue watching. I do remember the Connor family, that's what the show was about uh, the first time around, what, late 80s uh, is when it was on, I believe, uh, as a working class solidly invested in the greater good of their community. Certainly the Connor family may have changed political affiliations. There's nothing wrong with that. 
But anyway, that was uh, one editorial. And then the other one has to do with the effect on Hollywood. Uh, editorial from the New York Post says Hollywood will use Roseanne as an excuse to get more insular. The return of Roseanne, it says, uh, brought working-class Midwesterners back to the TV fold and shook up an entertainment ecosystem dominated by coastal elites. Of course, uh, then referred to the tweet that uh, she said about Valerie Jarrett. Uh, Roseanne's detractors, who have spent the last several months seething over the show, won't learn an iota from its many achievements and huge ratings. Instead, they'll focus on the star's moral failures and nix any middle-class stories that look like an ounce like this going forward. And uh, this editorial from the New York Post says, much to the left chagrin, Roseanne was the best TV revival so far. Funny, moving. It didn't look like it was shot through an Instagram filter. The uh, show was about a normal Midwestern family who went through genuine American struggles, living paycheck to paycheck, losing work, cranky dinner table. Roseanne's sister was played by Lori Metcalf, was a bitter Hillary voter who didn't speak to her for months. They managed to mend the fence. And uh, some of the folks on Twitter were saying, hey, I'm glad Roseanne is canceled. Nothing good has come of this entire thing. This, unfortunately, he says, will be the prevailing opinion in Tinseltown. What a shame that Barr couldn't keep her own moronic Twitter ramblings in check and let her excellent show do the talking instead. So there's a couple of uh, editorials from uh, different ends of the political spectrum, both agreeing that the tweet was outrageous and uncalled for, obviously but uh, talking about the impact, the fallout from it. So uh, I don't know what you make of all that, but you can uh, – and I, I didn't watch the show. I didn't watch the reboot. I didn't see the original show much at all. And, again, I've never really been a big Roseanne fan, from her national anthem stunt that she pulled to all the different things she has said over the years and been a part of. So uh, we'll see what you think. Three five six nine three nine seven. And uh, you can join us on the phone lines, the text line, 3515-357. And you can uh, email us at talk at wdws.com. All right, let's see what else is going on here. We have that explosion at the Lexington uh, UPS hub there, where a top North Korean official is heading en route to New York for talks aimed at salvaging a summit between Kim Jong-un and Trump. That's the North's highest level mission to the U.S. in 18 years. And a, a ceasefire. Gaza's Hamas rulers agree to a ceasefire with Israel. That's another uh, big headline today as they try to work through some, uh, some issues there. Uh, let's see here locally, just looking at some of the local headlines. Backers of a proposed charter school catered to low-income black students in Champaign say they'll bring a fresh proposal to the Unit 4 School Board by the start of next year. North Champaign Academy supporter Craig Walker says that's instead of appealing uh, Unit 4's recent decision to deny the charter school bid because it fell short of the requirements set out in state law. The school board president, Chris Kleppel, recently said the board would consider another charter school plan. And uh, the Academy supporter Craig Walker says among the changes this go-around Officials plan to pick a professional educator who will serve as a founding principal for the academy. They'll hold a public meeting Saturday at the Jericho Missionary Baptist Church. And the, the month of May continues to be unusually hot. I think you've known that. 
at a record high of 96 on Memorial Day and broke the old record of uh, 94 set back in 1991. And three of the four 90-degree days just took place. Last 91, Sunday hit 94, record on Memorial Day. The uh, average high temperature in May so far here, 83 degrees. That's above the normal average high for the month of 73.4. There's only 71.6 in May last year. All right, let's see here. i got a bunch of texts coming in. We will get to those. We'll take a quick break here. Let me kind of read through these and sort these out by kind of an order. And we'll uh, come back with more Penny for Your Thoughts. Some of these are interesting. Back in a moment. Back on Penny for Your Thoughts. News Talk 1400 DWS. We've got some cloud cover here and uh, open lines at the moment here. We've got open forum. Let's see. We've got an email here. From uh, let's see who is this from? Let me move this down and I will tell you. It is from Mike in Champaign. He says, "Can we talk about the Beef House for a minute?" He says, "I listened to you many times tr- saying to uh, try the Beef House. I decided to do that. To be honest, he says, and in my opinion, it's good, but uh, not as good as uh, you advertise on the radio. I really like the salad bar there. He'll mention several restaurants here." And again, restaurants are, you know, hey, everybody's got, this is all subjective as far as the uh, the restaurants people like. He says, I really like the salad bar there at the Beef House. He says, there's really not any salad bars around here anymore. The ribeye has one, but the Beef House is better, I think. The steaks are no better to me than Outback or Longhorn uh, Texas Roadhouse. Or Longhorn, I guess. Texas Roadhouse has bad steak. I think Longhorn has the best steak. The rolls are good, but I think about as good as Texas Roadhouse. And uh, Mike goes on to say here, the atmosphere is better at the Beef House than the others I mentioned. The employees are a little friendlier at the Beef House. The prices at the Beef House are a little higher than the other steak places I mentioned. I don't think quality makes up for the higher prices. The drive is obviously longer. I don't know anything about Alexander's. Anyhow, if I had to rate the four in order, I'd have to say overall Longhorn would be my best, Beef House my second, Outback my third, and Texas Roadhouse would be fourth. That would be uh, Mike in Champaign. Well, there you go. Hey, it's, uh, you know, to each his own, as they say, right? And let's see here a little further down on our uh, email and text list. Text from the uh, Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. Had Roseanne's remark been directed to Sarah Palin, it would have been hailed by Hollywood and the left. Text from Dan says, have you ever seen any of Keith Olbermann tweets? He's been rehired by Disney and ABC. Yeah, he's not been kind either to a lot of people. Uh, Text from Benny says, I never watched the old Roseanne or the new ones since CBS canceled my doctor's show, Code Black. ABC should pick it up. And let's see here. Benny also says, if ABC wants to reboot a show about, uh, how about Starsky and Hutch? (laughs) Okay. Uh, And Bill says, I don't think you should make fun of fat people. Say what? You mentioned that you're not a big Roseanne fan. Well, she is rather large. You shouldn't make fun of large people. Okay, he's being tongue-in-cheek there. Uh, (laughs) Let's see here. 9.30. I got some more that have come in. So if you want to send some our way, we'll certainly... um, Move through those. If you have a phone call, you'd like to add that in, too. You can certainly do that. Your uh, reaction. 
to the uh, whole Roseanne fallout. The, I did not watch the original show much at all. I just, like I said, never been a Roseanne fan anyway for all the other things she has done over the years. But, uh, of course, the reboot, the original show was very successful, the Connor family. The uh, reboot, very successful as well, but now it's gone. And you probably won't be able to find the reruns of the old one right now either. All right, 931, your thoughts on that. If you have something else you want to bring up, but this is a big topic nationally, you can certainly get into that. And we'll tell you why motorcycles are rumbling through later today near the end of the show. But Michael Kaiser rumbling through with the news. He's got that next. Penny for your thoughts, rolling on. My friend Dave Bennett has a birthday today, the voice of the Northwestern Wildcats. So happy birthday to Dave Bennett. Says here, the voice of many of your favorite Northwestern cat memories. If you're a Northwestern fan, which we're not. But Dave's a good guy, regardless. All right, 356-9397. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling, text line 3515357, and you can email us. Talk at WDWS.com. A lot of Roseanne Barr reaction today, mostly all on uh, the uh, text line here and also through some emails. If you have a phone conversation you want to mix in as well, feel free to uh, do that. We've been talking about that quite a bit. The president had a big rally last night in Nashville. I know he was uh, going to be there, partly because my daughter was trying to fly to get out of there to go on her international study coming up. Uh, this summer in Argentina. So she was trying to get out of Nashville. The president was coming in, so they got delayed a little bit, plus the weather was a factor. Three five six nine three nine seven is the uh, phone number here. Let's see, a couple of other texts have come in. Julie, on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, says, I've never liked Roseanne Barr, but she's no different than uh, racist Trump, she says. Trump is only making the race issues worse in the country. God help us all. And another text in says, pretty amazing Snoop Dogg can have photos of him pointing a gun at Trump, but yet he gets to keep his new show, question mark. So that's uh, the reaction, kind of falling along different uh, different directions here to uh, Roseanne Barr. Let's go back to the phones. Hank, good morning. Morning, Brian. How are you doing, sir? Good. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Good. Uh, yeah, the only thing missing with the uh, it seems like the last three, four, five years, and yes, of course, what Roseanne Barr said was, quote, deplorable and things like that. Uh, but, I mean, it's, we're missing the Nazi bonfire. I mean, the way people are losing their jobs because they just don't meet some kind of PC standard. I mean, it's just a epitome of, of New Age fascism in our country. And uh, You know, whatever happened to sticks and stones and, you know, and all that kind of stuff, it's just it's just incredible the number of people. I mean, if you don't serve a certain person, you could lose your bakery, you know, that, that kind of stuff. I mean, we're getting to where people are losing their jobs, losing their businesses, and it's, it's really pathetic. It's just a, a McCarthyism on steroids. Uh, I mean, this stuff rivals what was happening in the 50s, and it's just this whole PC crowd thing. Uh, uh, but I, what I really wanted to talk about was after I'd called yesterday, there was a gentleman who called in. I didn't get his name. And he totally misrepresented Alexander Hamilton's view of the militia, mm-hmm. what the militia is. Yeah, well-regulated militia, right? 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. And even the term well-regulated, mm-hmm. these people, they make it sound like it's state-regulated, and that's the furthest thing from the minds of the founders. Well-regulated was a term used for clocks. In other words, if the clock was in working condition and well-maintained, and it kept proper time, it was called well-regulated. I mean, you can look that up. I was a history major uh, in college of ancient civilizations, early American history, and you have to put these things in their proper context. Uh, the well-regulated militia uh, is a militia that is uh, capable of being fielded at some point and in the case of national emergency. And the militia, it speaks of, is not a state militia. It doesn't say state militia. It doesn't say select militia, which is usually a militia gotten up by local authorities for temporary problems. Uh, in the case of, say, Indians on the frontiers, things like that, that would be called a select militia under uh, a local authority. But it's a people's militia, an unorganized militia is what that term is. And uh, that's the people. And so the idea that this gentleman suggested that we should rush out, patriots should rush out, if we're really serious about the Second Amendment, and sign up, we don't sign up. We are the militia. There is no signing up. The patriots, the male patriots especially, are, uh, are already part of this unorganized militia. And we have any number of federal statutes that, that go to that, that question. And the last thing is, uh, so, you know, we have a militia as opposed to a state militia or a select militia. And well-regulated does not mean state-regulated or federal-regulated. Mm-hmm. It just means that you are well-practiced, you have equipment in good condition, and that uh, you have ball and powder, ammo. And uh, I can tell this gentleman that I know from experience and people I have contact with, militia today, the unorganized people's militia, is alive and well ever since Obama weaponized the government. I mean, people are very concerned about that. And I know people are concerned about Trump and on the other side of the aisle. And the last thing is uh, the right of the people. Uh, we keep hearing those on the other side of the aisle saying, well, that's not an individual right. The Second Amendment doesn't guarantee individual rights. Well, yes, it does, just like the right of the people in the First Amendment and the right of the people in the Fourth Amendment. We always understand those to be individual rights that are being secured uh, or at least being enumerated by those amendments. So uh, the intellectual ignorance or the intellectual dishonesty on the part of the left with regard to the Second Amendment, it's really amazing. Well, and I, when I was in, I think it was in high school or college, they they had us read the Federalist Papers. And right. if you if you want to, if you really want to, and, and it can be dry at times. There's a lot of, you know, yeah. some of the verbiage is different from what we use today and all of that. But um, I would encourage you, you can get a copy anywhere at the library or whatever and just kind of read through a lot of the arguments even that the Founding Fathers were having among themselves over some of this. It's, it's pretty interesting. Was right. It was Alexander Hamilton in the Federalist Papers mm-hmm. who, who spoke of the militia, and there was other mentions of it elsewhere by others like James Madison mm-hmm. uh, uh, in the Federalist Papers. Yeah. And that's, like you say, there was even dissent among uh, uh, the founders themselves to oh, yeah. one degree or another. From, from a, end, everything, from, from everything, not only that, but from the banking system to... Political parties to, I mean, a lot of the arguments that we have today, you know, 200 and whatever years out, I mean, they were arguing at the point of 
you know, setting up the Constitution and the, everything else, they were arguing then, um, you know, a little bit among themselves about what was best. So, Absolutely, yeah. because there was a Democratic Party as well as a Federalist Party. Eventually, yeah, they started with just one party. Uh, but, and that uh, was what the Ninth yeah. and Tenth Amendments were included mm-hmm. uh, to do, which is those things, those powers which were not specifically enumerated and assigned to the federal government would be uh, deferred to, or at least they would uh, be in the hands of the state and the people, the people Mm -hmm. themselves, and the Ninth Amendment, it speaks of that. And I think we've kind of gotten away from it, uh, though what's interesting is since Trump has taken office, the all of a sudden the, those on the left, or uh, especially those in California, uh, the lands of the nuts, fruits, and flakes, uh, all of a sudden they're worried about state rights, their powers in the Ninth and Tenth Amendment. And it's kind of interesting the ebb and flow of when one one party uh, gets in power. And really, frankly, Trump is not the establishment. He is not the power. No. Uh, in fact, the, the power right now is it seems to be in the hands of a. Uh, the Grand Inquisitor, Robert Mueller, uh, who's yeah. going nuts up there. Yeah. But hey. uh, the power is such an establishment. Uh, Trump is still very much an outsider. He's a, a, a former Democrat uh, up to about eight years ago. And uh, and they have their knives out for him because he's a threat to the swamp. He's a, he's a threat. That is, if you're going to speak truth to power, that's who you speak it to. It's not Trump. It's the Washington establishment because I'll guarantee you, uh, Trump's not going to get away with anything. Uh, if nothing else, there's going to be there's so much resistance in Washington against him on both the Republican and the Democrat sides. That's the least of our worries. Yeah. I think our biggest worry is is what people are calling the deep state or the Washington establishment. Hey, Hank, I got to run, but thank you. Well, thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. Three five six nine three nine seven. Got a email in from Mike. He says, "How does NCAA justify putting Indiana?" in the uh, tournament and not the Illini. Was Bruce Pearl on the committee? (laughs) We beat Indiana twice in the Big Ten tournament. I've asked about this. Uh, I have a a brother who is a big, big college baseball fan, and he told me that uh, Indiana's RPI was just better overall. And there were a couple of losses the Illini baseball team had, like Valparaiso and Bradley, and I think they lost two out of three to Grand Canyon there at one stretch there was a couple of weeks stretch that probably tipped it against them even though they beat Indiana twice but no Bruce Pearl was not on the committee uh text in Castle Heating and Cooling text line says once again the left cancels something they don't like uh yet the uh people on the view the loudmouths on the view can name can name call and run down our president all they want with no repercussions absolutely ridiculous and uh from Danny says you've got to learn to rein in Hank So those are some of the uh, opinions out there and thoughts. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more on Penny for Your Thoughts. Remember that uh, story, I think it was Kent yesterday called in about the Fresno uh, National Anthem story. And I've got a little more detail on that, and uh, we'll kind of touch on that a little bit too. If you have something else you want to bring up, feel free. Back with more after this. Penny for Your Thoughts. Wide open lines today here. We have the microphone set up. If you'd like to uh, step to the mic and uh, speak your piece, certainly you can do that. variety of ways to do that on the phone. You can text us. A lot of people doing that. It's been humming today on the uh, text line, 3515357, and you can email us, talk at wdws.com. We had a caller uh, yesterday that uh, called in and told us about 
situation out in Fresno, and I, I looked up different stories. Uh, basically, uh, I didn't know if it was a Fresno State softball game, and then I realized, no, the NCAA tournament's uh, been going on for the softball. And then I thought, well, what? it was a high school championship game in Fresno. And uh, I also heard different uh, versions that they did not want, they weren't going to do the anthem. And so the crowd broke out in, into spontaneous singing of the national anthem, which they did do. I went and looked at the video. Basically what happened, I'd also heard that it was the second game of the day. They'd already maybe played a consolation game beforehand and played the anthem. Well, what happens, I, I looked it up and saw what happened is they were they had technical difficulty. You know, some of these places they have a CD player or they have something that plays the anthem. Not always, but sometimes they do, especially at a lot of baseball games uh, at that level. And so they were trying to cue it up, I guess, and it wouldn't play. And so the PA announcer, and you'll hear this at the beginning, says, hey, we, we're having technical difficulties. He kind of mumbled the word difficulties, but... But basically, you'll hear him say, and then you'll hear the crowd start to sing the national anthem before the championship game, high school softball uh, in Fresno, California. So here we go. Due to technical difficulties, we will not be playing the national anthem. Let's play ball. So that was the um, tape, I guess, of what happened at that event. So anyway, just to uh, somebody had called about that, and uh, sometimes you know you you check out the tape and you kind of see what went on there, and that's basically what happened. Because I'd heard two or three different uh, versions of what particular the reason why the crowd broke out, and that's great that they did. And I would say that's always a if your CD messes up and you got technical difficulties, just have the crowd sing it. <laughs> And I wouldn't mind if the crowd sings. We used to do it all the time, right? It was the entire crowd. You'd have uh, an Illini game or something. You'd have 15,000 people singing at the same time. So I, I'm all for that. But anyway, I just uh, wanted you to hear it. And um, what uh, the reason was was not because they didn't want to play it and they weren't going to play it. It's because they couldn't play it because they had trouble with the uh, equipment. But the crowd rescued them, basically. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. Uh, three five six nine three nine seven is the uh, phone number here. Let's uh, go back to the phones nine fifty three, and this is Richard. Good morning, Brian. Hey, how are you? I well, I'm fine, thank you. 
Actually, I'm going outside because uh, while I was listening to the uh, presentation of the national anthem, my phone was breaking up. I said, well, I must not have a very good signal, so I'm going to go outside. I, I wanted to uh, plagiarize uh, somebody who follows you. Uh, I want to compliment you and thank you for your well use of the talent you have that's on, on loan from God as a, as a broadcaster <laughs> and as a radio man. <laughs> but, uh, and also, thank you for letting Hank... You know, Hank is obviously an informed uh, and intelligent individual, and uh, it's unfortunate that more people do not, uh, <clears throat> shall we say, educate themselves. But uh, anyway, the reason I called, I know it's already passed. I missed uh, Friday's uh, call-in, mm -hmm. and uh, the topic was such that I thought, well, I, I really don't have anything to say. But I wanted to compliment a particular fallen soldier um, and uh, I, I was going to ask you this. How is it that our president became the commander-in-chief? And before you answer that, uh, in the book of Joshua, the fifth chapter, Joshua is in front of Jericho. They're, they're a week or so away from conquering the city. And a man appears to him, and Joshua says, are you for us or are you against us? And the man says, neither. I am captain of the Lord of hosts, meaning I'm over all of the armies of heaven. So obviously it was Jesus. But Jesus uh, lost his life in that uh, position as captain. And, uh, of course, he rose later, but... Uh, he tells us to remember us, uh, remember him the fact that he's fallen. I thought, you know, that's unusual that uh, he was a, a fallen soldier. Hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, that that whole story with Jericho. That's uh, <laughs> you want it. You want us to do what? Walk around the city however many times a day, and then uh, yeah, it was uh, blow some trumpets. Yeah, blow yeah, some trumpets, uh, and the walls came that's down. Part yeah. of battle plan. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. Hey, Richard. Thank you. Hey. All right, Brian. Appreciate it. Three five six nine three nine seven. We are at uh, nine fifty six. Interesting story out of Springfield. I don't know if, um, and this is something that you know I didn't even I wouldn't have even thought of because I'm a guy. But the Illinois courthouses would have to set up accommodations for nursing mothers under a bill headed to the governor's desk. The plan is sponsored by Representative Democratic uh, Representative Kelly Cassidy of Chicago. Uh, the bill mandates a lactation room. Uh, they say w women that work within the judicial system need a room to, uh, I guess, it, what is it, pump their breast milk, and they've had to do it in various rooms or in the bathroom or wherever. So this bill in Springfield uh, dictates that mandates a lactation room, which must have a table, chair, electrical outlet, and a sink. But uh, it was an interesting story out of uh, Springfield yesterday. Just surprised they haven't had that before, but uh, that came out three five six nine three nine seven yesterday, and also saw a poll on uh, speaking of the president and uh, moral leadership. <clears throat> says a new Gallup poll out yesterday said Republicans and Democrats have reversed their position since Bill Clinton was in the White House on the importance of a president providing moral leadership. Americans overall see moral leadership as being less important. 66% say it's an important responsibility for the president, down from 72% back between 1994 and 1999. 
The biggest decline of that of 23 percentage points was among Republicans, 63 percent, now saying a president's moral leadership is important, down from 86 percent during the Clinton presidency. Among Democrats, it was reversed, 77 percent now saying that presidential moral leadership is important compared to 64 percent who felt that way in the mid to late 90s. When asked about the president himself, 59% of Americans in the Gallup poll said he provides weak moral leadership. 40% said it's strong. Uh, 91% of Democrats in the poll and 60% of independents say that the president's moral leadership is weak. 77% of Republicans said he provides strong moral leadership. And you had a similar back and forth and all of that during the Clinton presidency and, of course, the impeachment proceedings against Bill Clinton at the time. So, anyway, that's the difference between now and uh, 20 years ago. There's a political divide about everything, isn't there? Just about everything on every subject. And uh, that's why a lot doesn't get done, I think, right? People talking past each other a lot of times. All right, we've got 356 uh, 9397. Uh, you can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling, text line 3515357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Uh, may touch a little bit here in the next hour. I don't know if you saw in the uh, News Gazette today, Tim Dittman, who's on the air with us here at WDWS, <clears throat> newly released Champaign Police reports and video of a use of force incident shedding a different light on some events from October of 2017 involving a federal lawsuit against the city. All of this coming out as a result of uh, News Gazette Media Open Records request, and I know Tim has a story in the Gazette today, so we can touch on that a little bit. And if you hear a lot of motorcycles rumbling through later today, we'll tell you why. So that's coming up here in the next hour. Keep the text, emails, and phone calls coming. We'll get to all of that. In hour number two, open line for about the first 40 minutes, and then we'll uh, touch on the event today. But all of this coming up next on WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com. Or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. Welcome back. Penny for your thoughts. How about that? Hour number 2, 1012 here at DWS. Clouds have rolled in from the tropical storm, I guess, or what's left of it. Tropical depression. Supposed to clear out by the weekend here as we work our way into the month of June. Uh, we've been talking Roseanne quite a bit today. The uh, text lines have been humming all morning long, so uh, you can get back to that if you'd like, or if there's something else you want to bring up, feel free to do that. I'm going to touch on this uh, video story uh, involving the Champaign police and an arrest from October, at least a um, incident or an argument, whatever you want to call it, uh, back in October of last year. Tim Dittman will sit down with me here in just a moment. A couple of callers waiting. Stan, good morning. How are you? I'm good, Brian. How about you? Good. Well, uh, that's a good thing. I understand why you didn't take my second phone call yesterday, but what I said about you not letting people disparage me, I'd really appreciate it if you did that, uh, especially when they're lying. Uh, mm -hmm. But 
you know, well, that's, we, it's we, your we, show. We stand up for all callers, so. Well, you let a guy say I wanted to take away everybody's guns, and that's not true. And I've said that well, many times on, on the program. Yeah. Well, you're, you're uh, saying it now, that's, so, so that's good. But go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I could talk about guns for a very long time, but I believe in the Second Amendment. I believe in what the Second Amendment actually says, and the Second Amendment says that uh, we should have a well-regulated militia, and the NRA and the gun nuts think that we should have an unregulated militia. They think well-regulated means unregulated because they want no federal uh, gun control, none, for any reason. But that's another situation. That's just fact, more fact from me. Here's another uh, piece of, uh, uh, of information that is also fact. Uh, for decades now, Americans and Western European people have wondered day after day after day how Germany became such a cesspool of right-wing crazies. And the answer to that question is in Hitler's book, Mein Kampf, and the way every uh, dictator, uh, authoritarian right-wing dictator in the history of the world has taken care of things. And that is by, first of all, if you're going to tell a lie, tell a big lie. And say it over and over and again until people believe that it's true because of the propagandization by the uh, uh, government media systems. That's happening right now. We have people like Roseanne that think they can get away with doing the things that Trump can do. We have conservative men that think they can uh, grab uh, unsuspecting females by their genitalia. And there were arrests because of that after Trump's election. And all of those things are just the drip, drip, drip of right-wing crazy actions that Mein Kampf and other uh, right-wing dictators have done over the years. The other thing they do is they demonize the press. They demonize the press by calling it fake news, by saying it's, it's, it's lies. It's just uh, the other guys are just telling you that we're doing what they're doing, and yada, yada, yada. And that's happened for many years under conservative uh, presidents. They have uh, failed to protect freedom of the speech, and they have lied and lied and lied. And now many people believe that fake news is the only news you get from anybody other than Fox and Breitbart. But the reality is Trump told the truth the other day when he literally said that the reason he uses the term fake news is so when people hear the truth, they will question it and not believe that it is true. Yeah. Well, I did hear him say that, but um, I uh, I don't know you, what... You can I, look, yeah, no, I, 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 did, I did hear him say that, yeah. No, it's. Uh, oh, I thought you said you didn't. No, hear. I did. I did hear that. Yeah. So, all right. Hey, Stan, I got to move. Us, he's he's taking us to to what uh, Germany was in the '30s. All right. Hey, thank you. Mm-hmm. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. Okay, uh, Zoe, I go on, but I got other callers waiting here. Zoe, how are you? Hi, Brian. Uh, I just have several things here, and I'll say I'll try to say them quick. Mm-hmm. First of all, I have to I have to do a little correction to Stan. I wasn't going to, but um, a hoax has been perpetrated for years, all through even when I was in school, that um, that the Nazis were um, 
right-wing, and actually the Nazi movement was left-wing. It's socialism. It's called National Socialism. But that's, been, that's a lie that's been perpetrated for years, and there are several books out um, explaining that including one by Jonah Goldberg, and there are other ones. Oh, yeah, and if you, and if you really want to uh, get sleepy, <laughs> you can read a book, you can read a book uh, comparing uh, Nazism to communism and where they intersect. But that's, exactly. a, whole other, that's a whole other political discussion. Exactly. So, but anyway. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another thing is uh, regard, regarding Roseanne, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to the entertainment media, uh, but I don't actually think her comment was, um, meant to be racist, but I also will say that uh, Valerie Jarrett, as far as I'm concerned, she's a traitor to the country, and I put her in the same camp as uh, as um, Hugo Chavez and um, and um, you know Fidel Castro. So I'm not really shedding any tears for her. And I, the the thing that I love is by saying what Roseanne did. Um, I think they went after her partly because she. Uh, brought up the point that uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter both came out of George Soros. And she brought that up, and um, Antifa has been declared a terrorist movement by the FBI. Um, I also want to mention real quick, um, this, this, these press narratives, that the press comes on and they call what she did a racist comment, and they repeat it over and over and over. And back in the 50s, you probably have heard of this, there was something called Project Mockingbird, and it was a CIA operation, too. Uh, they gave the press talking points at 4 in the morning, and then they all repeat them over and over again. And Project Mockingbird allegedly ended, but it all it really did was to turn into something under another moniker. So um, it's still there. It still goes on. Mm-hmm. And so you notice when you listen to the news, it's, it's like a drone. They repeat over and over mm-hmm. and over, and the public is very susceptible yeah. to this. Well, and from a practical standpoint, see, a lot of uh, newsrooms, we all use, like a lot of us, use AP News, okay? Mm-hmm. So you'll see, you'll see in a newspaper ABC, a- AP News story. Uh, so I, I guess what I'm saying is from a technical broadcast standpoint, a lot of stories sound the same depending where you're listening because a lot of people are using the same copy. But they're from fed. A, and oh. I love investigative journalists like Cheryl Ackerson, for example. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. wrote the book called, she wrote two books, one called Smear, the other one called Stonewalled. And she has a wonderful um, program on the Internet. You can, you can pull it up and listen to it called Full Measure. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, she, so, she does some very good work. I, I've seen does. her work. And there yeah. are a few others out there. Thank you, Brian. All right. Thank you, Zoe. Mm-hmm. All right. Get Tim Dittman on here in a moment. He's patiently waiting. Uh, Kent, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you this morning? Good. Uh, hey, thanks for taking my call. Hey, thanks for the clarification on that video that I mentioned yesterday. Uh, when I got home to uh, really look at it from a bunch of different angles, it was easy to see what was going on. But that doesn't make it any less awesome. Oh no, it was, and I, I wasn't trying to criticize you. I was just oh, saying, no. I was just saying. Sometimes you know, I hear it, and you got to go, okay, wait a minute, because I've been, <laughs> I've been in so many baseball press press boxes in my life, uh, doing minor league ball for. 12 years and major league baseball for two and uh, college baseball and so forth. I can tell you that sometimes the stuff just doesn't work. And, oh, yeah, uh, and I'll tell you what, I didn't take it as you were jumping my case. Yeah. I just really appreciate you doing the legwork that I finally, that I did when I went. Oh yeah. Out. And it was awesome to see. I was like, wow, this is great. Okay. Uh, all, all yeah. fans should be ready to do that if the equipment malfunctions. So, 
Yeah, I kind of liked it myself. I think it's a, it's a nice, it's a, it gave a nice feel to the whole uh, whole atmosphere, uh, especially as a unifying thing for both sides of the sideline and everything. So it was pretty awesome. So, hey, thanks a lot. Hey, Appreciate you're welcome. It. Thank you. We'll come back with Tim Dippman here, his story about this uh, video that he watched, uh, what, eight or nine hours, I think. Is, uh, is that what you said? Yeah, 12 videos in total, uh, okay. totaling roughly eight or nine hours. Okay. We'll talk about that next on DWS. Penny for your thoughts. All right, some uh, text here, and then we'll get to Tim Dittman. Uh, we've got an email in. It says, uh, Brian, if someone goes on too long on the phone, use the end of Jim Lewis's WWE commercial, which uh, if you've heard that, it's it's funny. But uh, he says, shut up or I'll put you in a strangler. <laughs> okay, well, I wouldn't be saying that. But uh, it is on the commercial, by the way, if you listen for that. Uh, also... Um, I got a Lou here. He says Stan uh, is grossly misinformed. He says, uh, "Good grief, get a life." So anyway, that's from Lou. Um, anyway, hey, everybody's got an opinion. Okay, it's one way or the other, and that's what we like about the show. Is uh, we got differing opinions. Um, some people don't agree with other people's facts. I do know that, and so that happens on occasion. So um, we just have to kind of sort through it <clears throat> on our own. I wouldn't rely on one person to express your viewpoint or whatever. Do your own homework and uh, find out what you, what you know and, and feel free to express that. Uh, from Sue, she says, I don't care how many charter schools are built until and unless parents start taking responsibility for their child's education and behavior, nothing will change. Maybe classes for parents required would help. All right, Tim Dittman is here from our newsroom, 1026. We'll have a news update, but you uh, spent several hours watching this video. Give me the, the quick synopsis of when all this happened. First yeah, of all. so the Cliff Notes version, uh, this happened on October 17th of last year at uh, an apartment building in Champaign. Uh, police get a call about uh, a, an alleged battery that occurred. A man had battered a woman. They arrive. They find the alleged female victim uh, in the stairwell. She tells officers that this gentleman, uh, Mr. Alton Corey, uh, was drunk, was hitting her, and uh, threw her clothing out into the hallway. Uh, officers uh, approach the door. They knock on the door. Mr. Corey answers and... Um, Again, what you see in the video is up to interpretation, but I don't think anyone, even the man's attorney, would dispute that he was upset from the very beginning. His voice was elevated. He was uh, launching obscenities at the officer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, contact is made on, on both ends. Uh, the officers uh, put, the, put their hands, at least one officer puts his hand on the man's chest to kind of get him to stop advancing and to calm down. At one point, Corey uh, uh, puts his hands in the air, and it appears he's trying to bat the officer's hands away. Um, the situation escalates, and the two officers there, uh, again, this is according to what they say in their reports, uh, attempt to take him down to the ground. And the combination of his momentum going forward and the narrowness of the hallway where they were standing causes Mr. Corey to go head face into an uh, apartment door that's on the opposite side of the hallway. Mm -hmm. uh, he's, you know, hurt, hurt fairly bad. He's got a big lump on his head. He's bleeding. Uh, he comes to, he continues to be belligerent, launches into obscenities again, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he, is, uh, he refuses to go to the hospital in an ambulance, uh, so he goes to the hospital in a squad car. Uh, he is uh, charged with uh, misdemeanor uh, battery. Champaign County State's attorney later drops those charges. Fast forward to today. 
his attorney files an excessive force lawsuit against the city of Champaign, basically alleging that these officers uh, used force greater than what was required to take him down. And then uh, what got us to yesterday is the city, in response to a, a FOIA request that I made, uh, released uh, 12 videos, which total about eight or nine hours, and then several pages, about 17 pages of police reports kind of detailing what happened. Uh, so that's how I spent my afternoon and mm. evening yesterday, going through those reports, watching the videos. Uh, we've uh, had kind of a, a summary at our website and also the, the radio version that you've been hearing throughout the morning mm. in our newscasts. Uh, and again, it's, you, know, you, you watch the video. We had a, a group of five people here huddled uh, around a computer monitor watching the video, and half the group said one thing and half the group said another thing. So it's up for interpretation as to you know, who really is at fault here. That'll be up for the courts to decide, or they could settle the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's, it's certainly it, it, was a, it was a heated incident, and um, a, again, it just kind of depends on who you believe. Mr. Corsi is basically saying excessive force was used. The officers are saying we did what we had to do to to subdue a belligerent uh, suspect. Mm. So this was all in an alleged domestic dispute, 1500 block of is it Kyler Drive, mm-hmm. uh, back in October of 2017. So, uh, so all of this was from body cams, right? Is that? Yeah, or, that's. Is, uh, is there that were, I believe, um, five officers. Well, there there were. I don't remember the exact number of officers on the scene. There were at least five because they. Um, of, of the 12 videos that they sent us, five of them were from body cameras. And they, they, they actually show uh, a, a pretty clear picture of what happened. Again, with the caveat of it's up for interpretation. Right. Okay, did he bat his hand away or was he just raising his hand in the air? But as far as the capturing the actual dialogue and the act itself, yeah. it's not one of these bank security cameras where you can't see what's going on. You, I mean, you can see pretty it's clearly pretty clear. when they try to take him down yeah. and his head... Hits the hits the doorway. So there was eight or nine hours between the different cameras. Between so the, the different cameras, the incident cameras. itself wasn't eight or nine hours. No, so no, the the incident itself transpired over the course of five minutes, yeah. and then you know the the efforts to get him in the ambulance and to finally get him to the hospital took some time. Yeah. But uh, as far as the actual exchanging of words and, and and getting physical, that transpired over the course of I'd say five minutes, no more than ten. Okay. So what happens next? We're just waiting to. Uh, Basically, at this point, the lawsuit is pending. Both sides will uh, enter discovery, which means they will explore what evidence is out there. Um, you know, we we have seen lawsuits uh, similar to this uh, back when Matt Rush was was in the news, and in fact, Shanur Nathan, the attorney on this case, was the attorney of record on that case as well. So he has filed lawsuits like this before. Uh, basically, both sides are going to see what evidence is out there. I would not be surprised if the city files a motion to dismiss the case. Uh, basically saying, hey, our officers acted properly and we feel a judge should dismiss. And then it could go one of several ways. It could proceed to trial and a, and a jury will, will mm-hmm. decide who's at fault. Or a judge could dismiss the case and say, nah, there's no case here. There's no civil rights violation. Or the two sides uh, could settle, which is what we saw in all of the Matt Rush cases and the defendants got uh, uh, a payout. All right. Very good, Tim. Thank you. Sure. And we'll uh, keep uh, go to News Gazette Media, newsgazettewds.com. Check it out. It's all there. And uh, you can read about it and learn about it uh, from Tim Dittman, who uh, had that story this morning. All right. A quick timeout. Michael Kaiser has a news update. We'll talk more with you and talk uh, some motorcycles here coming up in a little bit. We roll on here. Penny for your thoughts. News Talk 1400 uh, DWS. 
And uh, let's see here. Let me get to a couple of things I need to touch on. First of all, before we get back to our comments, and we're going to tell you about some motorcycles uh, rumbling through here in just a little bit uh, later today. Busey has six financial traps new college graduates should avoid. Probably true for anybody here, but avoid racking up debt. Protect your credit score. Use a credit card for emergency purchases only. Busey offers a variety of credit cards to help you meet your long-term goals, whether building credit or earning points. Create a budget. Boy, it sounds easy, doesn't it? Just create a budget. The majority of Americans don't have one, but by creating one, you're establishing a roadmap to help you reach financial freedom. Keep track of your spending patterns with money management from Busey. Set up automatic bill pay. Busey bill pay with e-bills can help as well. Meet with your banker. Maybe you have some questions. Touch base with them to outline your unique financial needs and objectives. And prepare for challenges. Planning ahead, developing your financial safety net can protect you financially into the future. So uh, 1-800-67-BUSEY. Visit Busey.com. Stop by one of their many convenient locations today. All right, we are back on Penny for Your Thoughts, 356-9397. You can join us on the phone lines. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line. That has been red hot today, 3515357, and email us, talk at wdws.com. We have uh, Brenda Rogers is here, Lifeline Connect. How are Great you? Good to be here. Yeah, good to see you. And we have Joey Trujillo. Did yes, I get sir. it right? Yes, sir. How are you? Good to have you here. We'll visit with you in just a moment, but... Uh, Brenda, first of all, uh, got some motorcycles coming through. What's this? Uh, connecting coast to coast? Yes. yes. Lifeline Connect? Lifeline Connect. This is kind of a, a last thing that we're doing. Lifeline Connect is trying to expand. Mm-hmm. We've done six men for the last almost 12 years. Mm-hmm. And great success rate, 70% men that have substance abuse, drugs, alcohol, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they've come from all over the United States, Brian. We've had them from Los Angeles all the way to D.C., from uh, Florida. To Canada and in the last year our community has gotten interested in this mm. and great things are happening and so we're trying to expand to a 24-man dorm mm-hmm. and in that process um, a lot of things have happened is it okay to tell the details of what the cost is um, yeah just give me the quick summary okay. yeah yeah quick but... summary 630,000 to build mm-hmm. the expansion uh, the men uh, from the program a few of them and some businessmen last year went and climbed Mount Whitney mm-hmm. I made the mistake of saying Mount Everest, it's Mount <laughs> Whitney, and raised 127 for that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Troy Lands and team stepped up and did a big event for us this last spring and raised 136,000. Yep. Then community support has come on amazing. Hmm. Uh, builders, uh, we've got Wells and Wells that's overseeing the project. Mm-hmm. All kinds have come on over 200 in that area. Yep. We are at our last 100,000, and that brings us to the motorcycle ride. Hmm. And this is uh, the the uh, dorm you want to build is in Urbana, right? It's in Urbana. Yeah, where at exactly? Is it's it? out on High Cross Road, High North Cross High Cross Road. Road. Okay. Uh, we'll talk to Joey here in a moment and how he's benefited from Lifeline mm-hmm. Connect. But the motorcycles, yes. I've, t- I've teased this all morning. So okay. They're going I, coast to coast. They're going from where is it out in? They uh, left last Saturday, flew to L.A., got immediately on their bikes, which had been trailered out there, mm-hmm. and they have been riding ever since. Today is the longest day, 580 miles today, Mm -hmm. and they are en route. They left Springfield, Missouri this morning, and I just spoke with my husband. He's executive director. He's on the ride, and they are um, in St. Louis. They've met up with three guys that left Champaign this morning, Eric Kraft, uh, Gary Jacobson, Mm -hmm. and Frank Armetta, and they are now with the ride coming toward Champaign. (coughs) 
and the goal is to raise the last hundred thousand and we've got almost 50 done really so if people, spon- that, people want to sponsor the writers and yes they can sponsor them? the writers easy mm. way to do that mm. as we're talking if they want to go look at it lots of posts are happening on facebook live mm. it's mm. happening at lifeline hyphen connect mm-hmm. coast to coast and you can follow the ride all day and it gets in dc thursday night or you can just simply go to lifeline uh lifeline connect straight lower connect.org and and you can support there as well a lot of people on the uh motorcycles coming in well at this point right now i would say there's about maybe 14 Mm -hmm. and there's more joining uh, i believe in effingham Mm -hmm. they're coming into harley davidson today at two o'clock two o'clock that's That's the goal yes if you want to come greet them you know you can bring some support there i'll be there i'm actually getting on the bikes there and going to dc so i'm joining the rest of the ride (laughs) only female so far is that right now, Joey, uh, tell me your story a little bit, uh, Lifeline Connect, how it's helped you in your life. Just give me a quick uh, summary of how it's benefited you. I'm, uh, I'm from Mendota, Illinois. Mm-hmm. It's up north, about two and two hours, 15 minutes north of here. Um, November 13th of 2015, I was uh, in an addiction. My kids are with the state. I was homeless, and um, I heard about this program through my brother, and I came down here, I talked to Randy Brown, which is our recovery pastor, he's a director, mm-hmm. and I did the interview process. And uh, that following Friday, which I called him on a Wednesday, that following Friday, I was here in Urbana, and I remember stepping foot out of my parents' car in front of the church and just thinking, this has to be it, you know, I've, I've tried everything, you know, I don't have anything, I don't have my kids, I don't have nothing. And I committed a year to this program and this program literally changed my life. I did, you gotta commit to a year. I did a year and I ended up doing six more months. Mm-hmm. I graduated May 12th of 2015 or 2017. Mm-hmm. Currently I have full custody of all three of my children. Mm-hmm. I have a son that's 10, his name is Gabriel Joseph Trujillo. I got a daughter that's eight, her name's Liliana. And I have a three-year-old daughter, her name's Lainey. And um, it's just this program has literally transformed my life. I work for Lands Heating and Cooling. I'm a foreman. I'm currently running three jobs, two of them on the campus of U of I, the student housing. It's just nuts. Two and a half years ago, I was homeless. Mm. And right now, I, I blueprints, talking to the, the distributors, ordering material. Mm. Just, uh, it, it's just, I'm grateful. And um, th- this program is legit. Mm. It really is. The success rate of completion is almost 70%, which is unheard of, actually. It's the best anywhere, yeah. and um, I'm just I'm grateful. Me and my kids are doing amazing. It's a blessing that I, I get to lay them down at night, you know, give them a kiss good night and pray with them, and that, was, that wasn't even in the picture mm-hmm. two and a half years ago. Yeah, I know it's, it's easy as society. We tend to, we say homeless, we lump everybody into kind of that, okay, they're just homeless. Mm-hmm. But each of those people are individuals that are sometimes trying to find their way out of that, and you're a prime example of that, right? I mean, you, you, exactly. but you also had to realize that you needed the help, right? And the thing is, is I was raised in a good Christian home. You know, mm-hmm. I was raised on a pew with my parents, my dad, a hard worker, good family. But it is um, addictions, no respect or person. It don't matter if you were raised in a pew or whatever, or you were raised in an alley. If, if you let it get you, it'll get you. And I was in it for 13 years. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm just, I'm, a, I'm literally a miracle. I'm grateful. 
You mentioned the what, what was the addiction again? Opiate, 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 yeah. alcohol, which cocaine, is, which is pretty. I mean, very common, right? Yeah, More opiate. Yeah. yeah, opiate was the opiates, painkillers, methadone, anything to uh, just numb the pain. I had a son that passed away, and um, after he passed away, it just catapulted it, and that's when the opiate addiction hit really hard, and it just took over my life. I couldn't even, I couldn't do anything. You know, I was medically or chemically dependent on it. I couldn't get out of bed without it, mm. you know. So, so it's made a big difference. It has yeah, made a big difference. Sure. Yeah. Well, Joey, it's a wonderful story, and uh, more stories like this, people can help make more stories like right. this. Brian, I think, I think the thing that works, uh, I think Joey would attribute to the, it, this, is not that they want to use. It's the fact that they're addicted, and the, we work at getting to the coping behavior. Why? What is wrong? What's broken? What what is ha- happening inside? Mm-hmm. Get back, and it's a process. Mm-hmm. It just takes time. Yeah, yeah. So this uh, coast to coast is all part of raising money it for uh, the dorm, and uh, people can come. What to Harley Davidson? Yes, and come to Harley Davidson. See the guys that are coming through and go to lifelineconnect.org, or they can follow us on Facebook. All right, three five six nine three nine seven is the uh, number. We have a caller for them. No, okay, this is the next segment. Okay, very good. I think anything else we need to. Uh, no, I just Touch appreciate if, you if, allowing us yeah. to share, and I think Joey and I would like to, and Lifeline would throw hope out there to people that are struggling with addiction. Mm-hmm. There yeah. is hope, and not to give up, to reach out. Our program is pretty much for those that really are serious about change. It mm-hmm. is a year long. Yeah. I might let you know it's only 500 to get in the program. Mm-hmm. It costs us 1850 a month to have them in the mm-hmm. program, but people generously have supported, and we have never had a month in the red. Yeah. So, well, that's that's great right. to hear. Yeah. So appreciate hey, any thank support. Thank you very much for all coming right. on. And uh, if you hear a bunch of motorcycles, yes, coming yeah, out, they're coming up fifty five, right to seventy four, in from yes. Bloomington. And in Harley yeah. Davidson today at two p.m. And come in and have a sandwich. I'll be there. Jimmy we, John's is doing sandwiches. Jimmy John's right? is donating the sandwiches. Yeah, yes. you get a late lunch. So all good. right. Thank hey, you. Hey, so thank much, you, Brian. Brenda. Thank you, Joy. Yep, thank you, Brian. Great to hear your story. We'll come back with more after this. The uh, young lady who sang that, Idina Menzel, has a birthday today. Let it go from Frozen, 47 years old. So uh, she has a birthday today. Also, Ralph Carter, if you remember Michael Evans from Good Times, he's 57 today. This is the day uh, in 1908. Mel Blanc uh, was born, of course, the uh, cartoon voice of Bugs Bunny, Porky Pig, many others. Uh, This day in 1868, Memorial Day first observed when uh, General John Logan suggested a National Decoration Day. In 1922, the Lincoln Memorial, dedicated in Washington, D.C. Back to the phones here, 1053. Hi, uh, this is Danny. Hi, Danny. Good morning, Brian. Good to hear from you. I have have uh, something I would like to say in regards to the Founding Fathers and uh, the Constitution. The First Amendment was put in there simply because of give everybody the right to express themselves and worship and to 
to prevent a tyrannical government from trying to tell everybody what to do, as did the British. And the Second Amendment in there was to protect everything so we didn't have to fight another war. If, or if we had to, we could protect our own First Amendment by protecting ourselves and preventing what the British did to us to begin with. And I would like just to say this explanation is for the benefit of one of your favorite callers, Mr. Stan. And you have a great day, and thank you for the time. Hey, I appreciate that, Danny. Thank you. You too. Have a great day. 356-9397. We're at 1054. I think part of the uh, issue that we face, and there, you know, there's also you the free speech, the right of a free press, uh, you know, all the all the different ones that are in there. There were uh, limits on what the government could encroach upon, right? Uh, and again, I would encourage you two things. One, the Federalist Papers. If you and I, I understand, you go, oh, great, a homework assignment. But if you go back and read those, it's interesting the discussion going on, not only among the founders, but among all the different colonies. I mean, they had to. I mean, they had to grind their way through a lot of um, when they were trying to put together just a document to make a Declaration of Independence, or to say, "Hey, instead of each state or each colony, as it was at the time, looking out for each other, they had to somehow get together on some things." And um, it's not uh, wasn't easy, as it's you know we we just kind of assume all oh, they just all held hands and sang kumbaya and it came about. It wasn't that way at all. When you go back and read about it and all the disagreements over this and that and the other. The other thing I would say is I think what's happened in today's world, which is why you have so many arguments about so many things, is I don't think anybody, they used to think that the media or the people that report the news to us on a daily basis, they were like an umpire. They were uh, perceived to be, you know, just calling balls and strikes and this is accurate and this is inaccurate. And right now, the news media itself is so, you know, in a general rule from a national perspective, uh, not highly regarded. And so you've got obviously different types of networks uh, that people perceive, whether it's accurate or not, but they perceive that, hey, this network is way this direction and the other network is way that direction. And I've got my set of facts and you're wrong and you've got your set of facts and you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, there's just all this back and forth in our society at large. And you hear that kind of reflected sometimes in some of the conversations that, that we have. And I'm I'm certainly open to hearing from, you know, both sides on, on an issue and whatever. It's just always hard to, you know, when one side says, no, these are the facts. I saw this on the network that I watch, and these are just the facts. And then you've got the other side saying, no, these are the facts. And you mix all that all up in a big giant stew and you get kind of where we are today is nobody knows whether they can trust the umpire anymore uh, to accurately call what they see. And so it's just um, it becomes quite a uh, boiling pot of uh, talk, I guess, is what it becomes. Am I right? Is that sum it up fairly well, Ed? Um, anyway, uh, what we've run into today in the country. All right, uh, got a text in on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. It says, regarding the man arrested last October in that domestic disturbance, when I saw the video, saw the lack of self-control in the man police were trying to communicate with, I remember the proverb that says, there is much foolishness bound up in the heart of a child. Like many of you, I have 
seen young children throw similar tantrums in stores to get their way from a parent. There is only one remedy for such foolishness. The man in the video has yet to undergo the process of discipline to remove from his heart such behavior. It may be too late. That is a text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. We've got CBS News coming up here at the top of the hour. Appreciate the folks from uh, Lifeline Connect stopping by. Hope you'll stop by. Uh, Harley-Davidson there in Urbana as they uh, rumble through. If you'd like to support what they do, and you heard a little bit of uh, Joey uh, and his uh, testimony and how he was homeless and addicted to opiates and everything else that was going on in his life and how that has helped him. So if you want to help out, check that out with uh, the folks at Lifeline Connect. You can Google it and uh, Google the Coast to Coast motorcycle ride and hopefully um, any help you can provide I'm sure they would welcome so it's always great to hear stories of someone who is um, and I think in various capacities we all whether we've hit rock bottom physically or maybe mentally we're struggling um, we've all been there you know maybe not to that extreme but uh, in other in other areas of our lives uh, everybody goes through problems we've all got uh, what is what is the song that come we've all got bruises right so um Anyway, hopefully that'll work out uh, for them today. Appreciate all the uh, phone calls, emails, and texts. I really do. I love to hear from people and their opinions and and the back and forth and give and take. So uh, it's always good on an open line segment uh, to do that. May touch tomorrow a little bit on the, uh, if you've heard, Spalding Park. They're going to do some renovation. It's all uh, some additions there that we'll get into uh, maybe a little bit tomorrow and more open line conversation. And then uh, John Reed, who is the CEO and publisher of this company, News Gazette Media. If you have some questions regarding the uh, newspaper, delivery of the paper, anything else related to it, uh, content, so forth, uh, he'll be here in the 10 o'clock hour on Friday as we end the week but start the month of June. My thanks again to uh, Ed Bond for his help getting everything set up for me uh, today. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on Penny for Your Thoughts starting at 9 o'clock. Little League Baseball coming up later. Rush Limbaugh, all the usual programming on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Thanks for being with us today. And uh, have a great day, won't you? Enjoy uh, the warm temperatures. Hopefully it won't get too hot today. Maybe a little rain will help on WDWS Champaign-Urbana.